1: Welcome to another edition of the Bandwagon podcast and today um, we're kind of launching um, a new kind of playlist let's say Uh, it's called the jump off and this is where we look at current events um, and you'll probably see faces uh, who you've already seen on the podcast which is great. Um, and generally people who I like, so I'm only joking about one, but uh, uh, today, and uh, hopefully as long as he wants to, you can jump on anytime anyway, like I said before, I've got Prash Sudarsan, Mr. Desi, Mr. Desi Beats, just
2: just Desi, anything, that's him, mate, so uh, welcome me. to the welcome to the jump off. Cheers, thanks for having me once again, not sure what, I'm so interested in, uh, my, my points are so interesting, let's see what happens. I just know because we we normally have good conversations
1: off air and and um and it's really trying to bring those into into the forefront really but you i mean you've just been dealing with a lot of headache at the moment now so <laughs> let, 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 let's just start off with that one so you got you had a gig this Saturday and that's just been rearranged right
2: yeah, that's right bank holiday sunday actually um yeah, it's just been uh rearranged pushed back by a couple of months um i think uh, after two years now of um dealing with pandemic postponements related sorts of things and hurdles that sometimes you don't necessarily anticipate i think this two years has been a really valuable experience for me personally in terms of not being flustered by things like that so yeah we've had to um push back our gig slightly um some circumstances i can't completely go into um, yeah. but yeah just uh some not ideal things happening in terms of scheduling that um Uh, made it not possible for us to deliver the event that would have uh, been exactly intact, let's say. So I've had to juggle some things around, uh, adapt slightly. um, And yeah, we just go in the summer instead, which I think, you know, in some respects is a much better date actually anyway. So Mm. uh, a lot of people will be more free to come. Gives us more time for promo. Um, I know you just spoke to Sunny recently. We just put out the Bangor Chronicle documentary, which is uh, getting really good, amazing uh feedback and uh, we have some shorts coming out as well following up from that one uh to do with dubby sandu's on the lineup who uh is a little camera shy so uh we've created a little piece around uh just paying some tribute and respect to him and yeah man we just got loads of other content that we're excited to shoot and yeah let's move on and there's a
1: there's a cameo of me in there somewhere like uh we were yeah we originally went to go and see ap <laughs> dylan together I love the story <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I won't go into. I'll give a brief premise on it. We can go into some of it, sure, man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so press rings me, and no, I ring him, and we went we to go have a good comp. We we're just having a convo on something. I can't even remember what it was. And he goes, yeah, "I'm in Birmingham. Let's link up. That's fine." So obviously, knowing knowing the kind of crew that you hang around with. Before I was going to go then, I thought, okay, I can't go empty-handed. So he's coming to Birmingham. I'm just going to go get some beer. So I park up, going into town, knock on the door. It was quiet. I thought, hang on, might be the wrong room. Come in, it's just him. So I sat down, had a couple of beers, and then started thinking, I was started thinking, like... I'm a bit too old to go to this gig, man. How do I kind of raise it with Prash say? Oh, I'm, not, I, I'm not really feeling it. And then, so I kind of braved it and said, yeah, what you know, what's your vibe? What are you saying? And he's like, look, man, I'm not feeling I'm not feeling And at that point where he agreed that he didn't want to go, I agreed. I go, we could have just hugged
2: right there and then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, uh yeah, we're at that age now where it's not embarrassing to admit these things anymore. In fact, it's more of a shared experience. And then um, uh, my colleague, Sonny, who you interviewed recently as I was talking about, uh, entered the room and he's a, a very uh, disciplined, reserved guy who is not about the gig life anymore, even though he uh, very uh, uh, appreciatively helps me. Um, also doesn't really want to be at these late night gigs necessarily. And it's kind of by my force and arm wrangling that he accompanies mm-hmm. me occasionally. He came in and it just certified things. He was just like, Yeah, you know what? Let's just sit in and have a chat and yeah. catch up. So, yeah, it was good. It was, it was that. I, then I'm sure we're about to. Yeah, yeah. Then we divert. went from then we had like a, a kind of little mother's
1: meeting where we're sitting there just chilling. <laughs> and then uh, you get a phone call. It's job BMC, the main man. Yeah. And then we end up going, then I get kidnapped at this point. Which is the same story, which I've told my wife. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I get kidnapped. We end up in Coventry and we go and see his studio, which is unbelievable. It's fantastic. And then you guys record your bit. And then there was a family wedding. And then then (laughs) by the end of early hours in the morning, we're dancing with the family uh, in a a tent. Um, Wicked vibe. And then it was at that point where we just look, we looked at each other going, This is your life, man. <laughs>
2: I, I think the exact phrase that I use very often is, What a life! What <laughs> just, what, just, what, just a life. what a life, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I didn't expect at the start of the week that I'd be dancing in a Punjabi MC's family's uh, tent on a pre night to a wedding, but you know, this is this is the rock star lifestyle that. Uh, everyone's so jealous that we live you know yeah um, yeah. but it was it was awesome you know it was just fun and they were super welcoming and he was on the mic shouting us out which was kind of bizarre yeah. but beautiful but you know it goes to show the kind of a uh, lovely humble people that they yeah, are right. and yeah man just another experience to put in the books really is there is there is there any kind of similar kind of story that you've had with anyone else before like that um, i'd say most of the stories happened with punjabi mc but um no there's there's loads man there's loads i mean there's i'm sure you know you've been on the road with frenzy and uh i'm sure you and i know the amount of ndas you guys have had to sign in the past to be in rooms where you can't talk about people you're meeting and and the experiences you're having um I've definitely had a lot of those uh kinds of situations happen and you just look around you sometimes you're like is this really happening or you're sitting in front of someone that's your hero or someone you admired and things like that and yeah I've, I've found myself in loads of those situations um uh, and it's kind of part of the thrill of doing what I do you know I love love the industry I mean uh, I love music I love going to live events I love experiencing all of that I was just um, Wembley Arena on Saturday for a house um, DJs called Camel Fat, just to see a, a live show at Wembley Arena till 3 a.m. house production and all sorts. And it was just astounding. And, uh, you know, it's, I love going to all these different types of genres and experiencing them and, and seeing how, how other people do it and getting inspiration because you can only improve, right? So it's uh, seeing how the, the cake is cut a different way. What's, and, the, what's the
1: main difference then that you see that in terms of what's going on there and, and what you could kind of utilise in?
2: Uh, you know what? It's just everyone's got a different idea of how the aesthetic of their show wants to look really, you know. And um, yeah, I I, went, I was at a show two weeks ago in Paris, uh, at a venue called The Olympia, which is sort of their version of the Royal Albert Hall. And a friend of mine's brother was headlining it with the house is called uh, Thylacine and uh, again completely different this kind of music style was i would say like excited elevator music not my kind of vibe what um, excited elevator music exc- excited <laughs> elevated like you know like background music but sort of slightly more up tempo um just i don't know like i couldn't dance to it personally but i could enjoy the fact that other people were enjoying themselves and they were in that sort of an atmosphere that's different, a crowd that's like the super middle-class French crowd. I don't know, like we stuck out sore thumbs, but uh, (laughs) you know, no one was like looking at us weirdly. Like they were just enjoying themselves and we're just sort of looking around and thinking, wow, this is amazing. And you know, he's a South Asian guy from, from London who's now, uh, headlining huge shows in france and yeah it's just like i said different perspectives man like i that's why i love even you know doing things like this where you get to talk to people from a slightly different background mm. and you have different perspectives on all sorts of a range of subjects and uh we can discuss our views and and share opinions and still be friends after which is the main thing really do you think it's going to it's getting is the competition getting harder and harder because like
1: the production costs are going up and uh the artist demands are going up and then the expectation of the crowd is getting more and more, you know, like they want to see people flying from fucking ceilings and shit and all that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, where, where do you kind of get that, that happy balance between like the customers, like what they're paying and to production costs?
2: I mean, you know, I would say that we've always, like I've always from day dot um, pretty much aspired to have a higher level of just general, you know, just set a general standard Um, in terms of whether it's the quality of music that we curate, whether it's the visuals, whether it's the artwork, whether it's the trailer you put out in advance, um, the quality of venues you work with, the calibre of venues. like All those things contribute to their overall um, expectation of what a customer wants. And uh, we've been doing that for ages now. Uh, We try to raise the bar consistently or at least maintain the level we're at. I'm not going to lie, sometimes it falls slightly short. We discussed on the last podcast about you know occasional bad gigs that I've had or yeah. things that haven't gone exactly our way. And that's, that's the luck of the draw, man. If you do a 1,000 events or 500 events in a year, there might be five or 10 that don't get exactly to plan and you learn and you move forward with them. But um, I think in terms of competition level, uh, I mean there's always competition there's always a new form of competition coming around people that want to rip off your logos people that want to rip off your artwork or mm. uh, you know do things of that nature I see it around all yeah, the time ca- I don't it, comment on it too much yeah, because... it catches
1: me out I'm like yo I was like, hmm.
2: yeah I just you know a couple of days ago I had a DM from someone they were like is this your event and it's just literally a complete rip of our logo and I was just like no it's not um, but people the public they know the difference because they'll go to those gigs and be like well this is definitely not their gig for sure mm. and uh it's difficult because you want people to be able to easily identify your brand and and sort of um stay loyal or whatever but I think sometimes it's really good when people go and shop around and see that hey you know actually there are other things out there but this is still the best one and that's how people learn and that's how you grow a brand and grow a following so yeah it's just it's just the level of pettiness isn't it it's just a little like I love it, man. It's, it's <laughs> I know you love it. But, I, uh, I, I, <laughs> keep, I keep those conversations kind of offline, just because um, I feel like people that do that, they want the attention, and when you feed their egos, uh, you're giving them exactly what they want. So PR. sometimes it's better just to yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, good, bad, or otherwise, PR PR. But I just, I, I just focus on what we do. Um, I pay attention to everything but I focus on what we do, you know, that's the main thing, end of the day, I can't get caught up in what other people are doing, otherwise we'll get left behind, so yeah, always looking forward. So just kind of off piece that is that was at the same bit, it's yep. like at the same time of night when you're functioning, there was like a UFC over this weekend, did you manage to catch any of it? So um, we finished the house event at three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> so just in time for the main card, I'm going to be honest, got back to uh, my good friend DJ Dips's house, sat on the sofa ready, ready to watch it, and then just knocked out man is he, out, is, man. he, is, he into, is he into UFC uh no he's not but there was a crew of us together and everyone but him was uh was interested in it I think he said that um Aljamain Sterling looked a bit like Aaron wan and that's about as uh in line with what he could get in terms of interest I think anyone can appreciate watching a good fight though which is the most important thing I think that. That sport is amazing, and uh, a good fight is a good fight. And I've got loads of people into it. My like my brother, for example. Uh, I was hugely into it from like before UFC 100, even um, from the early days when it was sort of like uh, Randy Couture, and then going to the sort of Brock Lesnar era, Frank Mir, and things like that, and then kind of moving forward. And ever since I got my brother into it, he went so far ahead leaps and bounds in terms of his knowledge of the sport and knowing who's fighting next and this and that and left me far behind. And I love that because uh, you want to get other people into the sort of thing you're passionate about, right? Mm -hmm. So I I know you watch it. I I mean, this weekend's fights, again, just awesome. Chimaya Burns, just... I mean, that geezer. Crazy. My my cousins got
1: uh, got me into it, but they were like... They had like pirate ones, you know. We used to get these to hire them for like blockbuster or whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah. I used to download the full show from LimeWire back in the days, uh, and I'd have the full DVD rip or whatever. If the DVD just would, that's when DVDs would just come out pretty quickly after the fight. I'd have the DVD rip of it and just watch it all in HD. And I had literally so many of the UFCs like back in the days. um, Yeah, like
1: tape, tape to tape decks.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the old school like VHS
1: one rip. Used to rip him off and then send him... I won't say his name, because <laughs> get, get across, but um, they they got into it and then there was like waves of interest to come in and I think when I actually went to an event, I think it was Manchester Bisping's one, mm-hmm. um, okay, and then uh, got into it that way. Then went, went out at Vegas and saw so so saw, saw those guys from that from that time. But this weekend, you could just see a uh, UFC in itself is just going. It is ramping up, man. It's just going. It must, it must be the
2: highest trajectory of any sport out there. Yeah, definitely. Fastest growing sport, they say, in the world. Um, I, unfortunately, never actually been to, been able to go to a live event. Um, I wanted to get tickets for London, uh, oh. but, you know, they're gone in 10 seconds mm. and a £60 ticket is on sale for like, you know, £2,000 or £3,000, £4,000. So it's ridiculous because, um, you know, I, I, I love it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not that idiot that's going to go and pay that kind of money um and then uh i think a lot of the real fans sort of lose out from from being able to see and i know that's a problem generally in sport of, of fans just being able to get accessible pricing and they really have to work on that ticket out stuff because you know music concerts and stuff have done it really well like via go go and kind of but how did they spread. get it so
1: quick though that's what i i don't get how did they no idea so man quick. listen
2: i had there was a squad of about seven of us waiting for when the ticket thing opened i'm sure everyone can relate to this sort of problem when you want to go to those shows high with really high demand there was a bunch of us waiting to get tickets for it and we weren't able to secure it and i mean it's only you know 15 that what was it twenty thousand in o2 arena maybe let's say probably fifteen thousand because you know the ring having to cut space down and stuff uh and yeah man we none of us were able to get tickets About i think it's six or seven of us in total trying none of us were able to get tickets i was in the queue so,
0: yeah
2: I, I got into the queue yeah, that bit but then i was like i forgot it it's just not i got it but um you know, I think if you're more likely to go and get a tickets from like a USC Europe, like maybe when it comes to Germany or France or something like that, or we'll just go to America and watch it there at one of yeah, the live events there because they don't tend to be, they don't seem to be sold out still. Like they usually used to always say that, right? Bruce Buff would be like, you know, coming from the sold out blah, blah, yeah. blah arena, or whatever, Staples Arena or Staples Center or whatever. And he doesn't say that very often at the moment, um, which just goes to show, even with live events there, with the pandemic and everything, people are still, a bit edgy about going we, out, I guess. We saw Kane, we saw Kane
1: Velasquez on their junior De Santos. We saw, wow. It was a Roy Nelson. Was it Roy Nelson? It could be Roy Nelson. That, yeah. that bit. It was a, it was a, it was one of the fastest cards that they ever had in terms of knockouts because that was knockouts. Yeah. Because we had to go to the club after. So right, right, right. From there, then we had to leg it to, uh, oh man, I forgot even what the club, Tau maybe. Where, okay. I, I, that bit, but like, just on some of the fighters in itself you can see like the how marketable like uh out of interest what
2: kind of mood are you in once you watch a cage fight and then go to a nightclub like what sort of level are you to just you know
1: you know what it was it was it was it was it was funny you say that because um we were like obviously we're desi and then we were chilling with some brazilians and okay. they and they're in the they had that kind of a football um, happy carnival mood, so we were like yeah, pretty yeah, chilled. Yeah. And then when we came out, you know, you know, like, you're really pumped up. But there's nothing yeah. to kind of bounce off straight away. You're just trying no. to get out. And then, boy, by the time you get in, the buzz is gone. Where sometimes yeah. when you go to a pub here, especially like this, they're watching like a Josh. The most kind of fights I've seen is after a boxing event in a pub.
0: Yeah. Someone, someone <laughs> okay. thinks
1: someone thinks they're Mike Tyson, and they yeah. want to have a round there and then, and you see it just kick off, and then the pub just disperses, and it's just a mess. But over there, it was actually kind of like a Disneyland formula to it. I mean, I okay. don't, but saying that, I've only been to one in America. It, it, I don't yeah. know; it could be a punch up every every time, and we just didn't see. It.
2: I think that I see the boxing here that tends to be fights all the time in yeah, town, yeah, no yeah. matter what the event is, and I just it always puts me off going like yeah. it was i think we had we were going to go I'm thinking of going to tyson uh, fury versus dillian white but i don't know man that log aloud uh, kind of attitude crowd like it's just it's just not for me man and i've got some friends that are, like easily aggravated as well yeah, so if we're know, not like away it, from like those types of people it's just it doesn't create the right vibe you know so i'd rather watch it like somewhere in like a private room just have a screen up and like a couple of us watch it together and no. then go to live sports sometimes unfortunately
1: yeah like my son he goes to uh, jujitsu and i go and watch so- it and I, i'm like eager to jump in and stuff like that but i ain't, i ain't got the time for it at this moment in time. but like they just done uh like a little event here and i just thought that, that market is ready to be done you know i, mean, you, I think you need to start it man
2: <laughs> Do like a Disney yeah. event sport, like your version. And I'm putting that professional. I mean, I used to that that's what people used to think the banger events used to be back in the days, you know, like uh just dudes you, bench pressing, dudes bench pressing each other anyway. So I mean I'm you, trying to step away from that kind of thing, yeah, but, not but incentivize you, it, you know. But you clean that up though, haven't you? Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, you know, making it student only during a week is a really good move for us. Um just uh, these middle-aged dudes that would occasionally randomly pop up and try and talk to 18, 19-year-old kids. It's just never really going to work as a formula. You still see that everywhere else. But we just said, hey, man, even if you want to take a financial here for a little while, I'd rather do it to keep people safe than uh, mix those two worlds together, basically. <laughs> I, I, I remember
1: when we, when we were younger, I used to cost those, man. So they were like, look at this, date, blah, blah, blah. And then I realised that once or twice, I ended up going to those gigs and I was like... I'm that I've turned into that. You're that guy. Yeah, but yeah. you're not
2: like going and beating people up and no, taking no, no, your top no. off if someone doesn't play your song, mate. I've seen some real <laughs> weird things in my time, trust me. I remember once I went I'm sure a lot of people who are who are gonna listen to this will know exactly who I'm talking about. But uh I, at Hertfordshire, um, that's where we kind of started Desi Beats at Student Union and it was open to all at that time anyway. And uh, there was this guy who was known to just come turn up at people's gigs and just beat people up all the time. And uh, I remember him asking my DJ, like, if you don't play like or something like that, yeah. like, bruv, I'm gonna like smash your face in or something or other. And I just remember like the last song I've got him to play like something Bollywood, real cheesy, like Gabi Kaji Gum or something, lock the night off to get the security of the barrier. And this guy was like, vest off, trying to jump over the barrier to beat my DJ. I was just like, mate, are you not embarrassed? And I see the guy now and again out and about and uh, he's not changed. So, I don't know. I think some people are just always going to be that way, man. They just, they ruin it for everyone else, which is real sad. I I mean, you know, I saw some of those characters that A.P. Dillon shows in London, to be fair, and and around and i'm sure loads of video clips about and it just ruins it for the vast majority who just want to go and have a good night you know yeah our, that's our, why we didn't end up going to birmingham to be fair i was just like mm. i don't right. know yeah. man i to be fair i went out on birmingham
1: um um last week and um the top of broad street is just absolutely empty you know that oh, was it? the yeah that's the main road where all the clubs and stuff are and it yeah, was just yeah. it was just empty and just yeah, I don't know whether it's to do. I'm hoping it's to do with some of the roadworks in there.
2: Um, but it was it was awful. No, you know what? I just feel like my last few times to Birmingham now, um, people just don't really want to go out there, go, go out in that particular part of it anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's they're the not offering anything new or different. Digbeth is popping. Like, yeah. I really love that kind of whole little Shoreditch kind of imitation vibe that they got going on there. We've done a couple of the venues. I mean, we did a the Mill with a frenzy and raf Uh, earlier in the year which popped off we did Gary Sandy there as well and I just think those venues are just they're kind of like live live music venues and they've got a bit more of a sort of that kind of structure to them and I, I just I prefer those myself anyway but I just feel like even the atmosphere of the local that little kind of Arches with there's little little bars and restaurants and food trucks. It just that's the kind of vibe you want, especially when yeah. you get a bit older, you know. So but you
1: got like crowd control. Like I was saying, you know, going back to one of your stories, but I had a, mm-hmm. I got a mate of mine who was involved in security for a very very long time, and uh, he mentioned. The, I said, I just got into the bit. I like, how do you how do you control the the club because you you've got two three hundred people at you know under the influence. It's two of you, how do you get this? How do you get it in control? And he goes he goes there was one time where he got into real really where he was really scared where um, there's a bunch of guys came to the front mm. and uh, you know you just do the custom pattern down and he goes one of them actually he felt like he had a gun. I mean this is like this is years and years and years ago and sure. uh, he goes he goes, I couldn't do anything. There was two of us, and inside you got to kind of protect of what what you've got to do. Yeah, And he goes, the easiest way that we were able to do it was speak to the DJ and say, start playing shit cheesy music, just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just to get him out. And I just thought, like, you know, a lot of people would have froze at that point. Because as he patted him down, he knew that he had it. So he was like, okay, what are you going to do? You ain't going to do
2: nothing. I love that, though. I love that quick thinking. We had done something like that a couple of times in in my time. Especially, actually, I, I used to be in the restaurant grain quite a bit. And uh, we'd run some of these. We'd I'd been uh, part of teams that sort of set up those first kind of mm-hmm. the early part of those shisha bar restaurant club sort of fusions in London and I uh, opened a few of them. And uh, we'd occasionally have trouble from all sorts of characters. Uh, sometimes it was uh, uh, travelers. Sometimes it was big Punjabi dudes. Sometimes it was, you know, all sorts really, like lots of mixed different groups, just big groups of lads. Uh, that want to maybe come in and they see a football match on or something or other and you just change it to like be for you or something and they'll be out within 10, 15 minutes yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, 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 it's yeah, not yeah. for me. So yeah, that quick thinking, especially when you're on that sort of edge of, of danger of having to look after people is really, really important and not an easy task to do. A lot of people flake under that pressure. I've seen yeah. it lots.
1: So. I I, I, was, I said to Sonny like, uh, on the last podcast where I was chatting to mm-hmm. about, oh, you know, like crowd control or things that you don't expect. Like you, you saw like the whole Will Smith stuff and that, you know, if you're organising and you're in charge of that, what, what what, did you think of that to start
2: off with? Um, That guy's going through a lot, you know, he's, uh, he's going through a lot. It's not excusable what he's done. He's in the wrong, completely in the wrong. Uh, a joke's a joke. I had a lot of people, I've had both sides. I've got lots of friends that are like, you know, say something, expect to get slapped. You can't talk about someone's family, blah, blah, blah. And the other half that I like, this guy's clearly lost complete control. Um, I always thought that Will Smith was known to be that sort of clean cut, you know, plays the showbiz game right, knows how to say the right things, especially, you know, I I, I was a huge fan of him growing up, uh, Fresh Prince. Uh, I remember buying uh, uh, his single Miami on CD, like Mm. the single, love that song and a lot of his music. Um, But. I kind of started getting a bit bored of him the last sort of five, 10 years. I felt him to be a bit um, righteous, self-righteous, like just always a bit fake. I don't know what it was. There was something not right mm-hmm. about him. And uh, I just could have feel like a difference in his character and just felt like, oh, this wasn't the same guy I identified with when I was in my younger years. And I think you've seen this transition where his whole family is, Started putting out all the business around what's it called the red table, round red table, table yeah, red ta- it is, <laughs> and and I just find the whole thing bizarre, man. Like sit around talk about your sex lives, talk about um you know his you know his kids transitioning to whatever they're transitioning to, and just it's a lot of pressure when you want to keep those things private. And I feel like he hasn't had really much of a say in it. I feel like his wife's led a lot of that, and a lot of their pub their private life has bled out into the public domain and he I just feel like I looked at him an emasculated man there someone who has lost his masculinity has not had that choice to sort of assert himself uh and and his uh ego has been hit and everything like that and you just saw a man at breaking point there who just was laughing for a second looked over saw his master just sort of scowling and was like gave it a look, shit I, shit I better if I don't do something I'm going to get the smack down when I get home. So he acted as as any man who's panicked when they see their wife super angry. It's one of two ways you're either going to be like, uh, and don't do anything, or you stand up and do something stupid like that. And, and that's what happened with him. Yeah. I I think I've heard, like, the more that I've heard about
1: it and the I think there's a couple of aspects to to take to take in mind. I was a, a lot like you. What you just said, like I was a big mm. Will Smith. Fan, going up boom shake the room was my first. Yeah, yeah. And that right, and then I realised that as I was getting older, I preferred Carlton. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, I was okay. like, I was like, this guy's he's, he's the funniest, and yeah. then um, his films were just putting me off in that. And then I didn't understand what this whole thing was about talking about his family and putting it out there was this the last roll of the dice because his films were shit you know like (laughs) yeah yeah, like gemini man and all this is like bad boy 3 fucking
2: awful man no bad boy 3 is okay like you can switch your brain no 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 no. i'm not saying it's amazing but you know what it is compared to especially compared to his other films uh, it was a lot better. Yeah, I felt yeah, like yeah. It, but it wasn't like, they weren't reinventing the wheel. They were just doing yeah, a tribute yeah. act to the last two films, but it was okay. Like, yeah. it's not... It's you know, it, it was tolerable. That, that film, that like Men in Black 2, 3, what, like, they're the kind of films where you just switch your brain off and just enjoy entertainment yeah, yeah, for a bit. Okay. And, but whereas like Gemini Man, that one that he made with his son where they were like lost in space or something, well, I don't know what they were doing, but he had a few that were just a bit... And it's a shame because, man, I love some of his work, like seven, was it seven pounds? Um that he, he did a film about uh, based on uh, he's someone with a, uh, he's going to donate his organs basically oh. to a selected number of people or whatever. I just thought that was an amazing story, of pursuit of happiness. So he has had some good ones as well.
0: Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love.
2: Mm. But my concern is more with the person, like, and you know, they always say about separating the person and their art. Like, I think in this case, you have to separate the person and their art. The person's demented, clearly. Uh, the art is still, to a degree, you know, he's got a huge legacy, man. Like, you know, the the stuff he's done for hip hop uh, in the early days, uh, and you know, the groundbreaking roles that he's had, uh, especially getting black people into those larger films and cinema. Like, man, you can't you can't test Will Smith. But yeah, no, he's no. definitely. But but that's then and right now it's uh, just it,
1: but it's, they they live in that PR disaster world and so like he, he's gone there he's obviously said the job but in a bad job it won't yeah. all that and then he's got it and then you could see like as he's gone in there he's done it he's got that he turns around quickly and he turns around quickly and you start, and I think at that point he's realized what to do and then it, I think he's magnified it and tried to justify it. don't say this about my wife like she never said nothing to him He's yeah. he's got he's got that, but Chris Rock the way that he he, he I tell you what, it, Chris Rock,
2: smashed what a it. guy, man, what a he guy, was, he under pressure, said he could have said under a pressure, lot, I tell you, man, like, yeah, he could have said a he could have either roast, he would have, he could either roasted him, he could have made the situation worse, like he could have, it could have gone any way, the way he handled it with such class but was they, amazing. They, Most... I I didn't understand that bit. They, like,
1: You've just assaulted. It's this privilege of the artist and all this one. Well, safe.
2: apparently they'd asked him to leave and he refused to leave. Yeah, but what's I, don't like... I don't know. I don't I don't know um, how that was handled. That's just weird. Uh, you were saying about a crowd control. How would we handle it? That's what we'll I just mean. Take him out. We just take him out. But Security, they're... take him out. But that's, that's that. That's
1: that, done. that that's that. You stage
2: backstage as well. Do you know what I mean? Like he would have had to be backstage. I think uh, there was like intermission, right, uh, during the break where. Uh, he was being seen talking, uh, talked to by Denzel and uh, Tyler Perry or something like that, and they were trying to calm him down. During the intermission, take him out. That's it. Get security, take him out, done. It's done. Well, I don't know. It's the art. That's why I don't business, do uh, that's the thing award is... shows. Oh, have you thought about doing the war shows? I mean, seeing all the terrible ones that are done here, uh, not really, like it hasn't piqued my interest, man. Uh they just uh it's got to be done right. I know everyone. I know a lot of people that used to do the UK Amers, uh that started it, um, and uh, I've seen the ones that happen at the moment. But yeah, I just why do Why do you
1: think it's not being considered? Like you see the growth, of, like the mobiles, and you see you know, all these, you know, like Brit
2: Awards and all that. Because it, the people that do it was self. It's always about self interest. It's never about actually, uh, you know, judging art on its merit. Uh, It's always about, you know, who's paying most for an award or, uh, you know, which company is going to sponsor the next one and whose ego needs to be inflated at this point during a night or whatever. It's just always about that flash. Um, And it's a shame because, uh, I mean, you know, it's not like those bigger award shows don't have the same problems anyway. Even the Grammys does, right? Like, you know, they always, I think a reggae award was just given to an all white band for reggae music. No, don't get me wrong, music's universal, but it was like white dudes with uh, um, dreadlocks and just, uh, you know how sensitive that stuff is at the moment uh, about culture vultures and people appropriating people's cultural identity and uh, even the Grammys can be tone deaf. So what chance have we got when we're doing our local Asian awards or Asian music awards? I don't know. But um, there—it's there's still a scope for, for those things to happen. I think uh, someone was just talking recently about uh with you about uh awards that were given out recently where uh you know there are people nominated for awards that are radio presenters that aren 't even singers and they're nominated for best singer things like mm-hmm. that it's just uh just weird stuff I, every year there's always something <clears throat> funny happening here i know yeah, there's, I think it's, just, there's a... it's
1: traction isn 't it? it's the, it's just like i i got <clears throat> it's like the new there was a period where sort of live asia gigs sort of died it just did not exist anymore sure and and then it, it, it's come back with a vengeance now you know like you can yeah. see and then when you see like the turnout for ap and that you can say there is a market from there it's just how do we how do you capitalize and how do you kind of utilize well, you know that? what it
2: is um the the, the taste of people have, has, tr- has changed yeah, a sure. lot you know i hear this whole thing about oh, you know bring back uk banger or whatever but it's that that time is done Uh, there's that doesn't mean there's not room for it but it just means that it's not a prominent category people want to listen to anymore young people now listen to a range of things they listen to grime they listen to u.s hip-hop and you can hear that in the musical influences of ap you can hear that in the music that Manny Sandu makes or even you know the stuff that raf's influenced by or frenzy or whoever that there's these hip-hop beats in there there's this garage influence in there there's a grime influence in there and even the stylistic changes of you know the new talent coming through right now there's a whole slew of uh, mcs now i've seen from the midlands and up north that are like asian kids pakistani or punjabi or whatever uh, tamil kids even that are spitting grime and hip-hop and r and singing r&b and seeing some amazing talent coming through but you know they're, they're they want to be true to the heritage and roots and maybe take some of the influences of the music but that's what they want to make now and uh, you can't force them pigeonhole them any different and uh, things are going to continue to Evolve and change. And I'm sure there'll be new genres coming soon that we don't even know of yet that have these touches of of our South Asian roots, but are completely different in you, whether it's trap or house or whatever. So
1: yeah, you get the dominant one. I know, like with the Frenzy Jazzy Beat, they just done that one, which is heavy tall and and brought it back again. I think we'll be ready for jungle, jungle
2: music. To come oh, 100 percent Yeah. <laughs> That's and you back. know what? And I love that because at the end of the day, he's making a pro- I, I messaged uh messaged him just to say you know i'm proud of you i'm happy for you because i know it's important to you to do music that's true to you and to your roots and that doesn't have to be for everyone and i think people make the mistake of trying to play to everyone but stay within their choice i think make your art put it out there and it's going to gravitate towards people that want to hear that stuff and there might be an audience that doesn't like it and that's okay too like you know Um. I think it's like kind of being relevant
1: and how things are changing. Like, I, I think over, I think I was like reflecting on like social media and how how you kind of operate, especially in this kind of world when you're doing when you're putting the podcast. You kind of see which one interact, and I just realized I was like, I'm so disengaged with like Twitter and how that works anymore. I mm. like just I just use certain su- subjects and topics for different platforms now. So like Twitter is just all football that I just kind of can't football and drugs, which is basically the areas which I just look at. Yeah, I I don't have time for conversation or within the, do you you, you prefer any kind of the social media
2: one over the other? No, not really. I don't like any of them from honest, like Twitter's like a place where I just find strange people being like passive aggressive and they're either making like indirect weird comments or like they're just having irrelevant, you know, it's like somewhere to go and just dump your opinions and just for me, I just go, dump an opinion there and I just carry on with my day. Some people get way too caught up in that. Same thing really as Instagram. Um, you know, Instagram is just a really strange space at the moment. You have, um, <laughs> and it's transformed a lot of aspects of life, actually, Instagram. It's funny, like, mm. uh, you know, online dating, for example. Um, you know, you have <laughs> this whole new generation of, like, influencer uh, influencer culture, right, where People go on, they take off, their clothes off, they give the whole shop away now online. Uh, and nothing's left up to mystery anymore, man. Like, you know, they're, they're, this is where I'm probably showing my age, but I just remember that time where like, you're just going out and meeting people out and you, you know, go for a drink, whereas now people are restricted to messaging on an app. Uh, you know you've got to if you don't say hello the right way it's like you know you've got to have like a catchy <laughs> opening line i know you don't have to go through this you're married but I'm no no
1: I, I just said i remember like, if you're at college or anywhere if if a girl held your hand that means you're getting married Mate, <laughs> you know, that's I mean? it, you know? now when you see you know i got um where i just got a couple of mates, young younger or old, nephew nieces or whatever and you know some of the stories they come out I, honestly i'm sitting there going, I, I'm acting like my parents or grandparents. Yeah. Like, I'm hard. I'm like, what the hell is this? And to me, it comes, it's just to me,
2: I just look at it in my own kids like safety in it. It's just yeah. safety where you just see. I just think that like risk is mad. 100%. I think that I want to see the values that I aspire toward at the end of the day and not just me, my friends, my community, my nieces, nephews, whatever. And I just don't identify with that culture, man. And uh, I see it i get it i know people that are in that thing in that whole influencer uh sphere but it's just so fake it's just so fake like we did a uh a, a mixer event recently um with uh in loads of influencers uh and i know that it's completely pivotal to the business that we do these days now because uh uh, it's just the way that the culture has been shaped now that people follow influences. And as a result, they pay attention to a lot of things via those influences that they really like, or they, uh, admire. And there are some really great ones. Uh, and there are some really fake ones and I won't say which are which, but I've seen a lot of them, uh, good, bad, and ugly. And I just find it weird, man. I just don't, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's what, just the whole the, the constructed criteria? reality, uh, What's the What's criteria that? of an influencer, really? like? Well, you have to be, you know... Fake followers. Is pretty, it like a threshold? Well, first of all, you have to be pretty good looking. I haven't seen any, uh, you know, ones that look like you and I. You know, rugged fellows. Yeah. Uh, they have to be pretty Crazy. good looking. You have to have a good photographer, uh, some good filters, uh, color palettes available. Uh, and... I don't know, man. Apart from that, I couldn't tell you, man. To be honest, if I I'll knew, I said it. I said it. I said it, it loud,
0: man.
1: man. I see it loads. I say it now. It's fraud. I see the. <laughs> oh, the yeah, see definitely. some of the state of some of these people, and then when the picture and you're like, "What? Nah, that ain't. Nah, that ain't, man. That, there's no way." And you look at it, and I thought, "This ain't on, man. This is. This is not, I'm not happy about this.
2: False advertising, yeah." yeah. <laughs>
1: Yo, it's just probably, it's 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 not in a case that you're attracted to
2: someone. You know, right now this, this is just about, manners. Probably twenty percent. I reckon eighty percent are like our age, but there's twenty percent of your audience that either yours or people that are going to tune in via kind of me posting it that are going to be like these old, like outdated because honestly, I, I don't gi- I don't give a shit. I just think it's manners. It's like if I yeah. see
1: your picture, I expect you to be at to least look at like a, looker, a, a sure. little bit like this because. If I'm going to say hello, I don't want to say it to somebody else and get it wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I, I mean, I've had a couple of those occasions, actually, where uh, you've someone said, oh, you know, I'm so-and-so, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's Co- you. No, yeah, Co- COVID's been bad. <laughs> you know, yeah, you to- <laughs> no, hey, listen, they still brush up better than me, but I'm just saying, like, there's a, it's, it, what it is, is for me, there's a constructed reality that a lot of people are buying into now. Mm -hmm. um and I just I think that you can get so caught up in that and feel that there are people living this amazing perfect life with their amazing perfect faces and their you know stunning constant amazing holidays that they're just going on and getting invited to for free and it's all fake it's all not real and I just don't want anyone to believe that that's a reality that's that's really that, that it's not happening it's that it's not how it is 99% of the time it's not anywhere close to that and it's not something to aspire to I think all those basic normal decent values that we've grown up on are still like really the things to look for. to be a good person don't treat people like share you know be honest um you know just all those sorts of basic qualities are still the things to 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 be about really so yeah all that other stuff I don't know, it's not for me I was speaking to
1: a couple of influencers at the the same time. Yeah. This is about
2: two, three months ago.
1: And I'm chatting and I'm chatting. And um, I was about to just, I was was posting something on on my thingy on my actual, on my Instagram account. Yeah. And uh, I could just hear them having the off conversation. And uh, in the end, I didn't post it. I just got distracted and I just did it. But I got into the conversation. And what I realized was that this, the, the amount of pressure was ridiculous. And what I mean by this is that they had to have a certain amount of likes per post that they were doing. And they yeah. were so super selective of what pictures that they were putting on. Oh, it, yeah. I couldn't believe it to the point where they had to buy likes to make sure oh, yeah. that the, yeah, the, yeah. the yeah. engagement's there and this, yeah. to beat this algorithm. And, you know, I, I went, I went, um, i came on i mean I was... it's
2: just another view it's just another version of buying views as an artist yeah, yeah, yeah. It. It, it, it was, we want to get into it yeah yeah it's just another i don't and what's funny is a lot of those guys are the ones that cast some of those and it's just i think it's all funny like you know you were talking about competition earlier uh you know not to be petty or too petty but like <laughs> you know i've seen some brand pages out there that have you know 15 20 30k followers of that are event brands that don't even get 50 people in their club you know and uh you know, we, I mean, we just got to 10K or 11K recently and we've been around for 15 years. We didn't buy a single like. We didn't buy a single follow. We've done it all organically. And if you compare it commensurately to the number of people selling a part of events, seems to kind of be fairly It's, it's double-edged but, um, all, isn't
1: it, Prash? It's double-edged though because, yeah.
2: like, I've had people where I've approached them
1: and because I don't have a certain amount of following, I, I go automatically into the junk uh, message, which is fine, I get that. Right. But then they'll look at your look at your profile and say, "Oh, you've only got this one." And I'm like, "I don't give a shit how many followers. I don't even know how many followers. You know what I mean?"
2: Unfortunately, but you know, Ricky, that's the that's game. That's the world. That's the world, game. That's we're the we're in, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but the game it, we're in. Perception it, it, versus reality. At the end of the day, um, and I think that, uh, especially having got you know, I've been out in the world again recently, going to these quote-unquote industry things, and something I always kind of either shied away from or just completely ran away from. Um, and uh, I met loads of people, I actually, in fact, I connected with a uh, Rapinda, who was on your podcast recently, mm. who's who's great, uh, who, yeah. for some reason, we just never had crossed paths, I don't know how, we had I, so I, many mutual connects, uh, it was so super random, but, you know, we got to connect and that was great, and um, I think in being out there and seeing how other people are navigating this world, I feel like those of us that have just sort of stayed quiet, but consistent, stay true to our values, haven't tried to... Go completely one way into that type of new culture that's coming in, uh, but kept our quality consistent. Like I said, I think those people are we're finding the qual- you know they say the thing about cream rises to the top, yeah, right? Yeah. Like I'm I'm seeing that now. I'm seeing that if you if you keep your quality there. Uh, and you and you just stay kind of a decent, random human man. being. If you're consistent. Yeah, man. It, listen, decency still matters in this world. Being consistent matters in this world. Keeping quality matters. Hard work matters. Those things are never going to change, man. They're just never going to change. And and it might be a longer path sometimes. You might fuck mm. over. You might not fuck over as many people as other people and do all those sorts of things that other people do to get to the top. But at least when you get there, you know that it's been your own path. You've done it the right way, and I think that really matters. So. Yeah. It's not for me anyway. Yeah, and
1: you know that obsession of uh, the filter. So I was like, after I was having that the conversation with those, uh, with a t- couple of people, I was going, I was getting ready to go out for a meal. Like my mate, my, my mates just turned 40, a couple of them. So they were like, work a lot. And we ended up into this bar. And I was just sitting there, just having a, having a laugh. And these, like, this group of girls came over, not sitting with us, just on the opposite side. And there's a bunch of like 10 people at another table in front of us so we're here 10 in front of that side group of girls come over the the other way anyway i think one of them must have got this designer purse i'm not joking yeah it was it was about a five size it was it was nothing you could you could sit on it and you'd lose it right especially if you're a bigger bigger person anyway and it caught the attention because there was this constant spotlight on this one g- girl's face, like the bright light. And so, in a club, it's pretty dark in it, but then you just sure. have like you have it in the bar. She was lit like, up like an yeah, angel. She was lit, yeah, angel yeah, yeah. in the
2: dark. You know, it, like an LED screen. shining out there. Got it, got it. And she was like sitting there,
1: like posing with this thing, and doing it. all these ones, right? Super. I could, I could understand that you want your picture taken with that. It was the other people around her which freaked me out. So they had one, you had the picture there. Her mate. Was on the other side with, with another phone on top of it, trying to oh, get yeah, ed- yeah. extra lighting. And I thought, okay, no, 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 tremendous. No. That's tremendous. So that's <laughs> so, so three of them have yeah. used this, uh, used this this handbag as the picture. Then one of them starts going through like a little reel, you know, walking down, just turning, posing, all this. I thought, and at the same time, I'm looking over at the other ten, they were similar ages. They're all cracking up. You could just see them, all, look at this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The last one was the best one. So three of them had their turn. The last one is hurting. Grabs a handbag, starts posing. And then all of a sudden, they get into a bit of an argument like, no, 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 Like, ha- having a go at her. Lighting's not right. We could just pick up lighting's not right. All of a sudden, she's got her own handbag pulls out this strip bar like this big. oh yeah yeah just about to say oh uh, honestly that blew me away i nearly paid and left
2: the club at that point because yeah, i just yeah. thought, i can't no, i'm checking out man i don't get it the, i see that all the time now all the time how'd uh, you get a bar into they how- no no they so there's a there's a, a kind of like a it's like a flash i guess right like a light about that big you can get it on Amazon and stuff like that because I looked into it because I was like where, where, where what what the hell is yeah, going you on? looked into it Say, you... <laughs> yeah I, 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 was like, I wanted to get to the bottom of like what's the deal here and I've seen loads of girls pull out the same light it's sort of like a flash that would be on like a normal camera like a bigger flash big version of it a big square rectangle sorry and uh, they'll pull it out and Put that on for extra time. I've seen it all. The, I see it all the time now. All the time. This was it. The last um, time I saw
1: a light like that was in my uh, my old house in the kitchen. You know the floor. Bro, I struggle. I
2: struggle to find three good pictures of me on my own. These girls must have like a portfolio on a day-to-day basis. It's it's, it's incredible. It's it's. The, I guy, don't know. the guys as
1: well. The guys are the killing it as well. And it, like,
2: honestly, I was just
1: ah. Oh, and the thing we're is the, uh, we're the, old we're the, mon- in the party, man i'm telling, we're the, you know, mon- we're we're the, the minority I can, hear, we the, I can hear i can hear it now we're see. the old gits okay. party yeah we're <laughs> we're the minority but i was like oh, I just could i could not believe it. i was in shock i was in shock i came home and i said you know like, they were doing all the moves that's
2: and then i realized but you know what it is like i said earlier about this whole uh, how culture, man. Uh, it's the culture's change right so I was talking to my mate the other day and he was talking about dating apps that he's on. And he was like, Prash, like, what are your red flags? And I was like, it's been a minute since I've been on these apps. But uh, the main thing I kind of found when I was browsing through his was uh, these girls, they put their Instagram link as in their bio. So it says about me and they'll be like, here's my Instagram. They're not on there to meet people. They're on there to get more followers on dating apps. Uh, or they'll be like, you know, I don't use this app, but DM me on Instagram and just like, I don't get it, but that is the way that the culture's changed now, man. It's about having the perfect picture. It's about creating the perfect construct of people thinking you're this amazing character. Nine out of ten times, when you meet them in person, they're just dry as fuck anyway. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I yes. don't know. There's there's not much there's not much substance to that substance to them. You know, um, uh, I'm not. Painting the vast majority. I'm sure there are lots of lovely. No, I am. Of, <laughs> I've got a few friends. Uh, I, I'm not an influencer at all. Um, but I've oh, got yeah. lots of. I've got a few friends that are that are, are perfect, lovely people. But the vast majority are just completely vacuous human beings. But uh, if hey, man, ma- that's that's 2022. I guess if you're if you it's like at a wedding,
1: isn't it? If you're making a reel and it ain't your wedding,
2: <laughs> not making one of the couple, it? yeah, yeah and you're, you're making one on, of yourself on yeah. the dance
1: floor, like. Yeah, we need to have a sit down. You need to have a sit-down with someone, <laughs> please. And that's the that's the other bit of it, because like you got the way like, it's funny in it, because like first you had all the AP, everyone at the at that gig, then you went to Sartage. Now it's wedding season because everyone's just filling up the timeline with the wedding season. And you just see it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, and the the events thing has been sort of constant. I mean, even for us, uh, since our last chat, we kind of expanded into like bollywood, a lot more Bollywood wow. uh, oriented uh, events which killed it. Um, we had um, Divine, who's like the biggest hip-hop star in India, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, come over and we did a huge show for him at Ministry of Sound, which just was like next level, next level. Um, and we did a Tesha as well, Jalebi Baby, recently. And uh, yeah, man, it's just been constant and there are lots of things to go to now and there are things to, uh, if you're a big fan of music, uh, a lot of your favourite artists are coming out. And Dilji, it's obviously coming in August now, so that's the next one to get ready for our gigs in between in June, uh, on the 25th. So yeah, man, there's a, there's a lot coming this summer. I'm looking forward, we've got a whole schedule to roll out over the next week now. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm just looking for a, looking forward to a good summer, uh, of getting out and about getting, go, probably going on holiday. Finally, somewhere nice, maybe go Ibiza, uh, cause I haven't been for two years now and I love going every year and just seeing what's about seeing David Guetta, seeing uh, black coffee and all those big house producers and, and uh just yeah vibing and meeting new people so
1: yeah killer that is, i mean like
2: <laughs> yeah i'm gonna start
1: i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna start hanging around with you man that's the, that's, the, to, man. that's that's gonna be the the next move in it big time but I don't like,
2: will be too happy as long as they don't drag you to any more tents in the middle of nowhere no nah, that okay. was no that was that that was uh, that was all right that, that that
1: was quality entertainment that was yeah that was that was funny in it because it, it depends how big the tents. if you look at the beckhams like they just had their son's wedding.
2: I saw, yeah, yeah. He yeah. had about five tenths there. I think he's married someone who's richer than them, right? Billionaire. He's, yeah. Father-in-law's a billionaire. It's at a his level. house? At his house? These people are operating at different levels, my friend. Different levels. <laughs> we, need, we need to find the richest they see to start going there. Well, I mean, Frenzy's done a couple of those high, high, high end weddings, right, in India. And they just do it on on a different scale there, don't they? It's like they do like a stadium for a wedding over there. They'll make construct an entire venue just it, it, to do their like reception or juggle or mendy or whatever, right? Yeah, like I just couldn't get involved. Like it on. That
1: it's Way a too different lavish. it's a different it's a different system in it. So it's like what I would say is that you could have you could have you kind of have the basic idea of how, how the system works here, you know, in terms of, like, what you need for production, what you're going to do, and how you're going to put something together. Yeah. Over there,
2: you know, you're talking hundreds of people involved in in, product, in doing it around. And to, but it's getting and to cut coordinate. back here a lot now, if you notice. People are really... I think the, the pandemic's been a wake-up call. Like, I've noticed a lot of people just really downsizing uh, their weddings, their I, expectations I think, of what they're doing. I, I don't... I, I have a slightly different view to that, actually,
1: Brash. My, my, okay. my, my bit is that they might be cutting down on numbers, but the the, the expense is actually going up because what they're doing is, is just investing more on quality or mm. what they want to have those little smaller things. Okay. I, al- I also think that last year you had almost three years worth of weddings in one year. So everyone's getting married every day of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I just get the feeling it's kind of slowed down. I'm I'm not in it in that side of it anymore anyway, but just general sure. conversation that you not have. not even just
2: generally like attending people, or just yeah. seeing it on the, I mean, we've got so many friends in the industry that are DJs or produce, you know, yeah. do some production and things like that. So we get to see it. Some are um, busy and some are really, really quiet
1: as well. You know, like yeah, big, yeah, yeah. big ones. So like, you just got to think: Are we at a pinch point in terms of where there's a change of direction, or is it just going to sell itself down and get ready for like kind of next year of what, you know what happens? But as you go towards more Christmas, there'll be a new variant that will come out. Is that going to have a? Is that going to have an impact? Please don't, please don't. Hey. Uh, that's what I've had, they
2: had enough of it what we're on our what, like seventh or eighth variant now. I've just had to have had enough. I've had enough. Yeah. People are still getting it right now, Rami. I don't know about you, but. Oh, people I've still been, still catching yeah. it. I like my my cousin just literally this whole last two weeks as a he got it, but it was not showing up positive. But he had all the symptoms, and he's been in bed, throwing up and doing all sorts, and just just yeah, completely out of it. They um, predicted like at one stage one in thirteen, then it's like dropped yeah. down to one in
1: ten. But then also at the same time, the, with the price of petrol, no one's going to go anywhere to go and get themselves tested. <laughs> you know, what I mean? that is, that's going to be that's good that's the next crackers one you know right? hey man
2: the world the world's a mess right now man what can you say it's it's been uh it's just been it's been non-stop hasn't it there's ukraine stuff happening now don't know how long that's gonna get stretched out just, for frankly um I've had to a stop, lot of I've, people
1: i've had to stop the watching the news and stuff because like yeah i'm more conscious now of the of my kids and it. so like it's a, my son he's like five years so he's he's been brought up around covid for two years yeah. Now he's in a. Now he's a world war. What? What? what, what what's the, next, what, man? Yeah. What part there's, of the world limit, does you understand right? it? And you can't like. Yeah, yeah. I've also felt it affects your own kind of mental health when you like when you look at it. Not to say that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure, sure most of
2: people um, sympathise with that because I think I got to a certain point with the like COVID coverage where I was just like, oh, man, I can't watch this anymore. Every day up. seeing bloody Boris like, uh, uh, what's it called? Get out, go to his podium. And uh, with his two little assistants, and they just say this many people dead, this many people this, and he's just like, oh, it's like I- I've had enough of this now. I think after about maybe two or three weeks in, I was just like, I've enough. Two to three know, weeks I know. in, I was like bloody yeah.
1: I was I was kind of obsessed with like looking looking at it that much. But no, I gave
2: up, man. Like just you know what it is. The, you, it, I, was, I just got, I had this feeling looking at Boris that he was not a competent individual. So I was like, mate, this is going to be going on for a while now. So, you know, well, just we'll, what was the point of tuning in and just getting yourself angry at the incompetence that this government, you know, that the people elected, the government, absolutely useless bunch of people. And then this guy somehow won an even bigger majority in his last uh, election. As I say, you elect, cl- um, you know, you uh, elect clowns and you expect a circus, right? So that's what we've got right now. Uh, Well, it is what it is. We'll see at the moment because, like, the fines are just being given out, they're still rolling out. I think Boris and
1: Rishi just got one today, right? So, Uh, let's see. Uh, Hopefully, I could get this out tomorrow. And here is an issue, (laughs) otherwise, be outdated by (laughs) a day. That's the problem with it, bro. Thanks, man.
2: Well, good, man. Good to chat. The first jump off, so we'll see how it goes. But What, what a broad range of issues that we covered today, eh?
1: You know, sometimes you get asked oh well you never mention this. Well now now we do, innit?
2: So we'll see. Thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. It's always good to chat.
1: We'll catch up, man. See the
2: bit. Definitely. Thank you. Bye.